0: It's snowy and frigid here in Utah, but it was hot and spicy inside Foster Pavilion in Waco, Texas. BYU basketball coming up on the short end of a tough loss to the Baylor Bears. We're breaking down what went wrong for Mark Pope's squad and how they bounced back from that. And we're also talking the battle for QB1 for Kalani Satake and BYU football. Is it really Jake Retzloff versus Gary Bohannon in spring camp? We're talking about all of it ahead on today's show. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, and today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. LinkedIn wants to help you make the right hire uh, faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege today. Terms and conditions apply. Alright, let's dive right in on today's show and a tough loss for the BYU men's basketball program at Baylor. Uh, this was a game that I thought BYU competed far better the entirety of this game than they did against Cincinnati. What I mean by that is they played all 40 minutes. Yes, they lost the game. Uh, that's right off the right off the top. Yeah, it sucks that BYU's 0-2 in conference play, now sitting at 12-3, but... Unlike the Cincinnati game where BYU in the final 10 minutes completely fell apart and allowed Cincinnati to run roughshod over them, BYU hung tough with the Baylor Bears. Yes, we can complain about the officiating. Yes, we can complain about BYU's foul disparity in this game. We can complain about a lot of things. But the biggest thing I want to point to for BYU is that BYU is going to learn some very tough lessons this season, and none more so than going up against teams like Baylor. Baylor has got a championship pedigree. Scott Drew has built that program into a perennial Final Four contender. And they have this the the what do you call them the the trophies planted on the court there at the new Foster Pavilion that announce each one of the championships they have won in the program's history. This is a program that BYU aspires to get to that level at some point. Can the Cougars ever get there? That's TBD. But BYU went up against one of the more physical, more um, I don't know uh, blue bloodish types in the Big 12 in hoops, and they hung tough in this game. Yes, the foul disparity was absolutely absurd twenty three personal fouls versus 15, and it wasn't even that close. The free throws, what was it, 28 for Baylor against 14 for BYU. BYU does not shoot that many free throws this season. Uh, they just have not. If you look at the stats, 14 is actually above average for BYU in this game. But the three they missed, BYU went 11 of 14 in this game. The three they missed, the three that they missed, all came in the final minute. 50 uh, of this game when you needed every point you could get to find yourself back into this game. Now, there was a jump ball that Mark Pope slammed a water bottle uh, in frustration over and got a technical foul for that, which increased the the margin here of victory for Baylor. And, (laughs) I gotta say, uh, Mark Durant, he uh, tweeted out he he actually grabbed the water bottle and said, post it without comment Uh, on social media. You can go find it on X or Twitter if you want to check that out. It made me chuckle a little bit, but tough night for BYU. Jackson Robinson I thought was far more assertive than he was against Cincinnati, but he did not shoot it that well. 3 of 12, 1 of 6 from 3. 10 points for him off of the bench is BYU's 6th man. Spencer Johnson and Trevenel lead the way with 15 points apiece, while Dallin Hall added 13. Foul trouble really saddled a lot of these guys uh, with having to sit on the bench for long stretches of the second half, and that didn't help BYU's chances in this game, but uh, it was a tough lesson learned for BYU. Now, one thing I will say in terms of the personal fouls, yes, it was uh, a lot of foul calls on BYU, but BYU's got to learn to be able to defend without fouling. Baylor is a far more athletic team than BYU. I'm not breaking any news to anybody out there, and if you want to disagree with me, you can disagree. But Baylor is a far far more athletic team than BYU, and their athleticism caused BYU issues, and BYU's way to respond to that was to play physical basketball. But you have to be able to play physical to a point, but also avoid fouling. You have to be able to do that, and it's something that Mark Pope's teams during his time at BYU have struggled with continually. I'm not saying this is a this is a one-time thing. This has been a continual issue for his teams. But in a game like this against Baylor, who's more athletic than you, you've got to be able to be physical to kind of negate some of their athletic advantage but at the same time, avoid the whistles of the referees. Now, there were some ticky-tack calls. I will freely admit that, but... BYU has to do a better job, and now they've got to turn their attention to getting back into the win column and conference play. Starting off 0-2 was not ideal. I I thought that BYU needed to get that win against Cincinnati, get that first win under your belt and feel good about yourselves. Now I think there's going to be a little soul-searching going on for the BYU basketball program as they now head to UCF in Orlando on Saturday for a mid-afternoon tip. It's a 4 o'clock Eastern time tip there in Orlando, 2 o'clock Mountain time. And uh, BYU in many respects, that's looking more and more, more like a must win for BYU. I I don't want to label that the third game of Big Twelve conference play is must win, but in some respects, just to get BYU getting some of those good juju, the good juices flowing for this team, they need to win that basketball game. Now UCF is ripe ripe for the picking. They were picked 14th in front of uh, not in front behind BYU in the preseason Big Twelve poll. They're they're not the the best team out there, so BYU has a decent opportunity to bounce back. But the big Bigger concern for me watching this BYU basketball team is uh, still not fouling when they're defending, but also shot selection at times. Uh, I know that Dallin hall can was a 35-foot three-pointer in, uh, in this game, and when he talk- took the shot, I'm like, no, 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 yes, but just before that, remember, he nearly turned that ball over. The shot selection at time, times, and I'm just I'm saying about Dallin Hall, but it goes for guys like Richie Saunders. There were times that uh, Trevin Nell made some iffy shot selection in this game, even though he uh, shot it fairly well three of five from three uh, in this one uh, for BYU. Fusani Triori had some questionable decision-making. The the overall, um, I don't know, the, the basketball IQ of this team at times is still lacking for BYU. They've got to be able to play smart basketball. It's got to be one of the advantages of this BYU basketball team. Well, we've talked about this in the lead-up to the season for BYU basketball is that they are not going to be the most athletic team out there. They're not going to be chock-full of NBA-type athletes Baylor has a couple of those guys who are NBA uh, born and bred players on their side. BYU doesn't have that. You've got to be able to be smarter than your uh, opponent. You got to be able to make a good shot selection, share the ball. Remember BYU during the non-conference slate was sharing the ball at an incredible rate. In this game, BYU finished with 15 assists on 26 made field goals. That's not bad, but this is a team that routinely had 20 plus assists in the non-conference slate. Now, the level of opposition has gone up significantly. Baylor is the best team BYU has played this season, according to the rankings, etc., and it shows. But you've got to be able to take a, take your advantages when you've got them. I think the advantages BYU needs to hang their hat on shooting the three at a high level. It's something that I absolutely think BYU needs to do. And in this game, thirty seven point five percent, nine of twenty four. Okay, a little bit better than the Cincinnati game. What was it, 13 of 46? But you've got to be shooting north of 40% ideally if you're BYU. And that may be uh, just something that they can't necessarily accomplish every night. But 49.1% from, uh, th- uh, from the field should get you in ball games. But there's one other uh, notable statistic in this game that just stands out above all others. 14 turnovers. Baylor cashed in uh, 18 points off of those turnovers. You've got to avoid the turnover woes. I think it was 14-5. to Baylor had five turnovers in this game. Big reason why Baylor ground out the win, yes, they avoided turning the ball over and giving cheap, easy buckets to BYU. BYU, on the other hand, when you go north of 12 uh, turnovers, and this was something we talked about last year during the basketball season, was turnovers were a major, major issue for BYU. It reared its ugly head once again in this game. It was an issue against Cincinnati. BYU cannot be careless with the basketball. Take care of the basketball. Treasure it. Make sure you avoid turning it over at all costs. And once again, the basketball IQ leads to part of that. You've got to be able to get yourself in the smart spots and not find yourself dribbling into a corner or getting trapped or uh, picking up your dribble when you've got defenders swarming all over you. You've got to be able to play as a team, play cohesive team basketball. That's what BYU's MO, their identity. Identity needs to be for this basketball team to really compete in this Big 12 conference. I think Cincinnati and Baylor took BYU out of that, and BYU's got to get back to doing that. Could the UCF game get BYU back into that mode? Hopefully, but uh, they've got to show some things here because they're now 0-2 and obviously sitting at 12-3 and on the season. Uh, a lot of those good feelings about BYU coming out of the non-conference slate, uh, they're going quickly, very quickly by the wayside, and I don't blame anybody for feeling that way. All right, uh, coming up here in just a minute, let's talk some BYU football. Now, uh, BYU has an interesting uh, conundrum on their hands, and that is they have a number of quarterbacks on this roster. But do any of them scream, that's the dude who's going to be QB1 for BYU? It's shaping up to be a pretty intriguing quarterback derby for BYU football in some good and some bad ways, and we'll break that down coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at uh, over at LinkedIn. Excuse me. Now LinkedIn's been here, my friends, to help you guys out in the new year. Every small business owner is always asking themselves the same question: What's the one move that all of us, or I, can make that will make my, take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. They want nothing more than to help you guys out have success this year. It's not another just another job board. LinkedIn is a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy that, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of their job posting on LinkedIn. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing many hats, might not have the time or resources to adequately hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy, taking a lot of the stress and the guesswork out of it for you as the business owner. So post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post that job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at uh, the new Locked On Sports Today uh, YouTube channel. Now, what it is, my friends, is the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Go to Locked On Sports Today. is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league across the sports landscape. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel right now. All right, so... BYU football. Now uh, that we're a little ways off from uh, signing day, and a little bit of a lull here, I haven't had a lot of recruiting news and the like. But I was having a conversation uh, with a, a, a friend of mine, and we were talking about Gary Bohannon and him joining the BYU football program and what it means for BYU football's fortunes if he ends up as QB one. Well, and the, the the I guess the question was asked me is like Jake is he like the, the guy who is going to be going into spring camp the number one quarterback? I said I don't think so. I think BYU has every intention of letting this quarterback battle truly play out. Now, the leaders in the clubhouse, I would say, are Jake Retzloff and Bohannon as your one-two combo who are most likely going to compete for playing time at that quarterback position. But that does not uh, take out a guy like Nick Phillips from the running. It does not take a guy like... Uh, Cade Fennegan out of the running, doesn't take uh, also a Ryder Burton, and or incoming true freshman uh, Noah Lugo, who recently enrolled at BYU out of the running for this quarterback derby, and I, I'm, probably, oh, I'm also forgetting Cole Hagen. Every quarterback that BYU has on their roster right now in winter conditioning should be thinking, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to stake claim and prove why I am the guy for the BYU football program. Now they can have that thought process but the coaches will ultimately decide who is going to be Q be one for BYU and they kick things off against Southern Illinois on August 31st. We have a long, long, Long way to go until that happens. But it feels like this uh, quarterback battle for BYU could be one that's unlike many we've had in the recent past. Remember, we've had quarterback battles that featured a three-way battle between Jaron Hall, Zach Wilson, and Baylor Romney in in the not-too-distant past. We've also had quarterback battles uh, involving guys uh, going back even further. Remember Taysom Hill uh, and some of the QB derbies he had with Riley Nelson at the time. There's some thought that uh, they should give the reins to Taysom Hill. Uh, Just these quarterback battles have uh, existed, but I'm having a hard time remembering one as wide open as this. We go back to maybe... Two thousand four ish, when you had was it the Matt Berry, the Lance Pendletons of the world. Uh, You also had John Beck on that roster. Man, just uh, some of the quarterback battles of yesteryear for BYU. It doesn't feel like it's ever really been this wide open for BYU in quite some time. And if I'm mistaken about that, feel free to hit me in my comments and let me know that I'm a buffoon and uh, and I'm missing out on one. But I'm looking at this, and like I said, I think it's going to be a one-two battle, at least initially, between Jake Retzloff and Gary Bohannon, because they seem to have the bona fides and the resumes that would indicate that they're going to get the first crack at staking claim to this job. But in some ways, I've got a small part of me that if you're going to go with this quarterback group, which uh, I'll also be honest about, I'm not all that thrilled with, because you look at the storylines around each one of these guys is, okay, Gary Bohannon, okay, he hasn't played in over a year and a half. Last time he played it was October of 2022. He had a pretty major shoulder injury. injuries rehab from that. Uh, if you look at the, him throwing in indoor facility, a uh, film that people have posted on social media, he looks healthy, but when the bullets are live, is he really going to be able to live up to what he's expected to do? He's only only had one proven season and that was his uh, season. He led uh, Baylor to the big 12 championship. So, Yes, he's got the resume that says, okay, if he's healthy, he could be the guy. Jake Retzloff was the number one quarterback, according to ESPN, of all junior college quarterbacks coming out in the 2022 recruiting class. He went 0-4 at BYU, was a turnover machine, had a uh, just north of 50% completion percentage, obviously added the running threat the BYU wanted in this offense, but Gary Bohannon absolutely adds that in his own right. So... Looking at each one of these quarterbacks, I could go down the list. It would take forever uh, to break down all of my qualms and uh, the qualifications, I guess, at the same time for each one of these guys. But is there some thought that maybe BYU should push all their chips in on one of the young quarterbacks? And What I mean by that is, do you potentially say Ryder Burton, Noah Lugo? Whichever of you guys is the better quarterback, we're going to ride with you, and we're going to just take our lumps in 2024 and let it bygones be bygones. If they uh, flame out, great. Then you insert Jake Ratzloff and or Gary Bohannon into the mix, and uh, you just kind of ride things out and just do essentially a full reboot and go youth movement with his quarterback position. I- I'm telling you right now, I sincerely wish, and I-, I know that missions are great things. I would not trade the two years I spent in Taiwan on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for anything in the world. But wouldn't it be nice to have a guy like Enoch Watson coming in as a freshman for BYU this year? Because that kid, and this is just my perception, that kid looks like he has the goods to be the next great BYU quarterback. Alas, he's going to be out in the mission field for at least the next two years. And at that point, okay, maybe if you were to turn the, uh, the the quarterback position over to a Noah Lugo and Ryder Burton, and things are going well, then you have a guy like Enoch Watson set up to come in, maybe redshirt his first season back, get his legs back underneath him, and then at that point, a guy like Ryder Burton would be going into, if I'm not mistaken, a senior season, Noah Lugo as a junior, and then you have a little bit of a succession plan set up. I know it it sounds completely risky, and in my own mind, as I keep saying this, I'm just like, they really want to do that? And I actually have my my thought process that I'm the only one who's thinking this because I think BYU wants nothing more than a guy like Jake Retzloff and or Gary Bohannon to step up and seize the reins of this and be the veteran leader that they want at the quarterback position. But if either one of them or both of them don't show the goods in spring camp going into summer and obviously throughout training camp, Maybe you just do. You just say, you know what? We're throwing it uh, to the young buck. We're going to let them, young bucks I guess I should say, and really let Lugo and Ryder Burton kind of duel things out here and see whichever one of them uh, proves to be the most capable and then you just kind of ride the highs and lows with what would be a first-time starting quarterback who has got no game experience uh, in the Big 12 Conference. Yes, you'd probably be dooming yourself to potentially another losing season for BYU. You'd be relying very heavily on an offensive line that's being revealed but does have some pretty good pieces in place and also you'd have to have a running game led by ideally LJ Martin be uh, the leader for BYU to take a lot of the stress off that young quarterback but can you really bank on all of that that it, it just it, it seems like a, a risky proposition but I'm just not enthralled at all with this quarterback group for BYU. I, it's nothing against Jake Retzloff. It's nothing against Gary Bohannon. Uh, Gary Bohannon did a great interview on Cougar Sports 960 with Ben Criddle and came off as a very polished young man who's driven and wants to get things right and enjoy his final season of collegiate eligibility and he knows the system at BYU and all this stuff. Jake Retzloff, he said all the right things and everything in, within his power to be the guy for BYU at quarterback since arriving uh, from the junior college rank. I've got nothing against either of them, but I just don't think that either one has what I believe it's going to take to lift BYU to where they want to be in 2024. And where do they want to be? Well, I think BYU, in their heart of hearts, wants to get to bowl eligibility. They want to get to six wins. Can either one of those guys lift you to six wins? Well, Jake Retzloff very nearly did it against both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, but... Turnover issues, once again, in, in both of those games, cost BYU dearly. And he was a chief architect. That 100-yard pick six against Oklahoma sits squarely on the shoulders of a guy like Jake Gretzloff. So, I just... Do you, do you go all in on a young quarterback, like I said, just take the lumps that are going to come with playing a first-time quarterback, especially against the caliber of competition that BYU has on the uh, schedule this year, and just say, hey, L.J. Martin, offensive line, you got to help this young guy out, wide receivers. I know that the passes aren't going to be as precision-pointed as you would like them to be, but bring them down. If they're within the realm of you being in your catch radius, just bail these guys out. And, I, man... It's just, it was an interesting conversation me and my friend had, and we kind of came to a consensus that yeah, neither one of us is really all that thrilled about what BYU has at the quarterback position right now. But the hope is, I guess the sincere hope I have is in spring camp, either Jake Retzloff and Gary Bohannon step up and prove that either one of them are the guy. And then at that point, if not, maybe BYU's co- uh, coaching staff, Kalani Satake, Aaron Roderick, Matt Mitchell is the assistant QBs coach. Fessy Satake is the passing game coordinator, even a uh, new, uh, offensive line coach and run game coordinator TJ Woods would have some say in this. They probably would then say, okay, what contingency plans do we uh, turn our our attention to now? Do we turn it over to the young guys in the summer and say, get yourself ready. You guys are going to be the the leaders going into training camp. It really feels like this spring camp could be very pivotal for BYU's chances of getting to bowl eligibility in 2024. And uh, I'll be also honest at this juncture, it's going to take a really, really Tyler Algier-esque type rushing attack for BYU this season, in my mind, for BYU get to, to for BYU to get to six wins. I, I don't think the quarterback play is going to elevate BYU to that level. I think it's going to be LJ Martin and whoever else is at running back alongside him, whether it's Hinkley Rapati coming off a knee injury, you also have Miles Davis in the mix there, you also have Nukulu Vahelu if he's back at running back after moving to defense uh, last season, whoever it is, that running back... That running back group better be ready to go, and they've got to lead the way. And the offensive line has got to really step up and really rebound in a big way this year because it feels like one of those seasons that no matter who is under center for BYU – the quarterback is going to need a lot of help from the guys around him versus in past years where the quarterback seemed to elevate everybody else around him at BYU. Kind of like an inverse of what we've seen uh, from some of these quarterbacks of late for BYU. I'm thinking of Jaron Hall. I'm thinking of Zach Wilson, et cetera. So, Interesting stuff. We'd love nothing more than for you guys' feedback. So feel free to uh, drop us a note uh, via email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Drop us a note on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can drop us a note, LockedOnCougars, or reach out to me on social media. I'm at, on X on Twitter, at Jacob C. Hatch. Love to hear from you guys. I'm also on Instagram, Jacob C. Hatch, as well, if you want to get your thoughts in that way. All right, we will finish up today's show with a couple of uh, quick thoughts about what's going on in other BYU sports, some notes on some awards being handed out at... As well, we'll get to all that coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up with the playoffs beginning this weekend, but there's still time to get in on the action with our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. You've got literally no reason not to give this a shot, my friends. The app is super easy to use. they got every betting option for you under the sun. Spreads, player props, uh, money line. Uh, you can do parlays. They have live same-game parlays. You can find bets in a new explore tab, which may have a bet that you're interested in that you can take advantage of. And they also can make a parlay in the parlay hub. The best way to find popular parlays on their platform. The best part is there's a gazillion other options out there for you guys, seemingly, from our friends at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com locked on and make your first bet a layup today. Once again, that's FanDuel.com locked on. Get that 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose, courtesy of your friends at FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys, if you've not done so already, please sign up for our subtext community. It's the way we're giving away basketball tickets the rest of the season for BYU men's basketball. It's a great way to interact with the show and the information coming from me and vice versa uh, via your phone and text messaging. It's really, really fun to do a free 14-day trial uh, if you are interested in that. And then $4.99, 5 bucks a month after uh, the 14-day free trial ex- expires. love for you guys to be a part of that subtext community. Great way to support the show and obviously uh, get uh, direct communication with myself with our friends at Subtext and also uh, just a plug right here as well we do have a couple of open advertising slots if you are a local uh, company, business, uh, you've got a service whatever you've got and you'd like to have it advertised here on Locked On Cougars and get it in front of literally thousands of BYU fans on a daily basis, uh, reach out to us LockedOnBYU at gmail.com we'll get you in in touch with our Locked On sales team and get you on the road uh, to advertising success in the Locked on a Network of uh, Families. All right, so a couple of notes for you guys uh, before we go on today's show. Is the BYU uh, women's basketball is in a similar circumstance to BYU men's basketball. They are 0-2 to start their Big 12 play. They are facing Houston in Houston. So the Cougars versus the Cougars in H-Town tonight. Uh, BYU looking to pick up their first win on the road. Uh, Houston is also 0-2 to start Big 12 play. So uh, 7 o'clock Central Time uh, uh, tip-off at the Fertita Center down there in Houston in Texas this feels like one of the uh, bigger opportunities for BYU to get into the win column here in Big 12 play the women's basketball team for BYU unlike the men's team They've got the, I guess, the excuse, if you want to say that, as it were, of having a lot of young players. They're playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores, and with that inexperience, it really costs you at times, but the biggest thing for BYU is they've got to find a way to get off the deck and just get a win under their belt. It feels like the same way for the BYU men's basketball team. Go to UCF, get a win under your belt, and I think BYU would feel significantly better about themselves uh, going into the rest of Big 12 play, And but it, it, you've got to handle your business. You've got to be able to prove you can win basketball games it's a skill honestly it is, it is truly a skill you have to go out and learn to win basketball games and learn games period in any sport it feels like but particularly in basketball a lot of things can go against you in games officiating, uh, turnover margin, foul trouble all that stuff uh, can really affect you you've got to be able to kind of kind of, just grin and bear it and work your way through it so I uh, will see how the BYU women's basketball team does like I said it's just a very similar circumstance right now to the men's basketball team just find a way get that win under your belt and suddenly i think things be like oh hey this is not so bad and it it seems so simple, and it's it's much easier said than done. I'll I'll, I'll be very clear about that as well. But uh, hopefully, uh, w- the women's basketball team can pick up that W uh, today in Houston. Also, uh, congratulations to out- junior outside hitter from the BYU men's volleyball program, Luke Benson. He was named the MPSF's Offensive Player of the Week. The conference announced that earlier this week. Uh, he led BYU to back-to-back sweeps to open their season over Ball State. Uh, BYU is out on the road against Loyola Chicago. That'll be coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, on the road in Chicago. So. The tune into that. And then also congratulations to women's gymnastics senior Anissa Alvarado. She was named the Big 12 event specialist of the week after the opening weekend of competition that was announced on Tuesday. So congratulations to her on that. Uh, She opened the 2024 season at the Mean Girls Super 16 Championships. The the Mean Girls Super that's a great name. Uh, They competed against Southern Utah, Oregon State, and Minnesota. BYU finished with a score of 195.900. Speaking of Alvarado individually, she competed on the uneven bars and ended the meet tied for second with a new career High score of 9.950. So, congratulations to her on getting the Specialist of the Week award honors. It's uh, no, that's not something to sniff at uh, for BYU. So, congratulations to her. And then, also, one other note I've actually closed out as I got to open it right back up. Uh, Bobo Huang from the BYU women's tennis team. She was named the Big 12 Conference Women's Tennis Player of the Week following victories uh, over Cal Berkeley's Katia Wizerholm, ranked number 36 nationally, and NC State's Anna Zirininova. Wow, ranked number 4 in the country over the past week, uh, tennis is very much not my sport. I enjoy watching it, uh, but I just the pronunciations of some of these names, for, especially from overseas, with Europeans and uh, all these different uh, nationalities represented in the tennis sphere. But uh, I can just say this: Bobo Huang, congratulations to you! It's awesome to see that some Big Twelve honors come in all those players' ways, and congratulations to all of the athletes involved. All right, so coming up on tomorrow's show. Thursday, a little bit of an open format. So uh, if you've got uh, thoughts of what we should do on the show, uh, reach out to us, let us know. I've, I've just, I'll just, i probably come up with some ideas myself, as I typically do, but uh, not necessarily locked to any or married to any idea there. But coming up on Friday, uh, we turn our attention to BYU and UCF in Orlando on Saturday, and uh, plenty of coverage to come here on Locked On Cougars. So once again, uh, thank you for all of your support of the podcast. If you want to advertise with us, reach out once again, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Sign up for the subtext community. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review the show wherever you watch and or listen to it. I know I ask a lot of you guys, but it's uh, really, it takes just seconds for you guys to do that if you have not done so already. And I just want to say thank you guys once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. And obviously, big thank you to all of you who are everyday dayers with us right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.